Hello and welcome to the Possibility Mindset Podcast. I'm Devin Henderson, your host, and I believe something greater is always possible for you. Well, happy late August, everybody. It's, uh, it's hot here where I am in the Midwest, more specifically in Kansas City. It's been, I don't know, in the 90s, in the hundreds, <laughs> 100 all week long. It's been, it's been hot and everyone's just talking about how hot it is and everyone's trying to stay inside. And people are like, you know, swim, that's your exercise. Don't go out and jog. And I was talking uh, with one of my daughters about this the other day. I was saying, you know, are, are we just so, this is just getting reflective, this thinking, just trying not to be judgy. I, I was just thinking we were so comfortable, you know, with AC. What was it like before AC? We talked about the days of, I don't know, randomly George Washington, you know, didn't have air condition. Well, what did they do? They had, they had nothing to compare it to. You just, you just deal with it. You just live with it. And I don't think you're thinking about it all the time. But when we live in our air conditioned house and our buildings and businesses, and then we go outside, we're just reminded of the difference between comfort and uncomfort. And it's a constant reminder every time you go outside, where back then you didn't always have that shock happening. So I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I'm just going to say it. I feel like maybe like as a society and in, in whole, we're just kind of getting wimpy. <laughs> or have become wimpy. Okay. Anyway, I did I didn't plan on starting the podcast uh like like calling everybody wimps. Um I, I fall into that category too. I'll get outside and be like, oh man. Um but you know sometimes when you're in a, a building that's too cold and you go outside, the heat actually feels good. Has that ever happened? Where you're just like, oh yeah. I remember as kids we would um after our softball and baseball games, we'd go to Hardy's. Some of you might know it as Carl Jr. And uh, we'd be inside and it'd kind of be like borderline cold in there. And we'd go outside and it, like you'd get hit with that evening warmth and it felt so good. And my sister Gretchen and I uh, and Jason, we'd like, uh, my, my our brother, we'd like, first one outside is like, oh yeah, because you kind of forget how it's going to feel when you go outside. Kind of like the, the same effect as uh, walking out of a, a movie theater. When you, when you go into a movie theater... It, it daylight, like right late, late afternoon, early evening, and then when you come out of the movie theater, it's dark. It's just so cool how going outside sometimes is just feels really awesome. Um, but right now, right now when we go outside here, it's just really hot. So um, this has been the best start to a podcast I have ever done. Um, <laughs> this is what it's about, though, right? Just talking, just chatting, just making it real. I. When I was trying to choose a name for a podcast, I almost wanted to go super casual and not be so like, let's get mindset driven all the time, um, which I think I'm glad I landed on that. But it, I was also thinking like, what if it was just like coffee with a motivational speaker and we just sat down and kind of chatted? I mean, it'd be a, kind of a one-sided conversation unless people commented and then I could you know, respond to it the next week. So boy, getting self-reflective today. Okay, <clears throat> today, talking about leading others with grace. And I'm excited to share just something that recently that happened with me. It's, it's, it should be a shorter podcast. Uh, the main event, which I think is what I'm going to call the, the main section now, the main event is about leading others with grace. And it was inspired by something that just happened with one of my daughters. And so um, we will get to that. I'm excited to share about that. And hopefully it'll help some of you people who are in leadership to just think about what it means to lead with grace um, over other possible methods to lead with. So uh, let's do it. Okay, some updates. 
<clears throat> All right. I just, uh, last week I was in California where the weather was beautiful. Apparently here at home, the weather was beautiful then too, but it was beautiful out there. I was like in mid, uh, about half midway up the coast, um, halfway, halfway in between the top and the bottom of California. How do you say that? It was like mid-state, but I was on the coast, mid-state. Uh, it was beautiful out there. It was like the, kind of like the Paso Roblos or uh, San Luis Obispo area. I am butchering those names. I am totally sure about that. Um, <laughs> I, I did a couple of uh, YouTube shorts a while ago about cities that we pronounce wrong. So I'm going to put those on the list and figure out how you actually say those. It was a great trip. I got to do a school district and then I got to do a financial group and both were just so much fun. The audiences were phenomenal. The feedback was stellar and it was just fun to be in California and just be driving around up the you know Pacific Coast Highway. It's just so beautiful out there. I was in, um, what's it called? M- Moro Rock? Oh, is that what it's called? There's a volcanic plug somewhere up there, um, just about 30 minutes north of the San Luis Airport. And um, yeah, apparently a lot of movies have like had scenes there. I think one of the Mission Impossible movies was shot there. And it's just a big, big, giant looking rock, huge boulder looking thing just popping up right there on the beach at the edge uh, of the ocean. And uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. So I stopped by, took a selfie. It was fun, fun times. Um, I will say this was this kind of a fun update too. You know, I, I mentioned a few podcasts ago that I got some feedback from one of the school district that I didn't give the support staff enough uh, or or as much attention as they deserved, right? I kind of more focused on the teachers and that feedback was good. It made me realize, hey, focus on the support staff. Well, I took that advice and applied it to this uh, uh, school district that I did in California. And I, I, I felt the difference. Like I just felt like, oh yes, we're appreciating the support people. You know, when I say support people, that's here I go again, trying to name everyone. Uh, the you know people um, in charge of the food, the transportation, the secretaries, the custodial people. Those just all of the of the support you know that you get that, that teachers need uh, to be able to do their jobs. So, so I, that feedback was is really effective to help help move me forward and bringing more value to the next audience. So that's uh, that's why we do it. And I had a first in my uh, on my California trip. I had my first rental car flat tire first rental car flat tire uh so it was um yeah at first i was like i i've i had a little confession here i had never changed a flat tire before i just never had one where i wasn't within like reach of someone who was gonna like come you know just i don't know tow the car and give me a new tire (laughs) whatever uh so oddly enough speaking of support staff the, the director of transportation of this school district was there and was like, hey, do you need help? And I was like, you know, I may. I don't know yet. I've never done this. Um, turns out it was, you know, pretty easy, but I was glad I had him there just in case, you know, and we, we did it. We got it jacked up. And then it was like I had to, I had three options. It was either backtrack to the rental car company, you know, backtrack about 45 minutes and get a new car from them. Or drive all the way up to San Jose, which was like another two, two and a half hour drive on a on a uh, um, spare tire, which you're not supposed to drive that far on a spare tire. But I was like, uh, do I backtrack? Do I move on and just go slowly and get my new rental up at the San Jose airport? Or do I stop somewhere at a close city and try to get a replacement tire? So there was just all these options. Well, ultimately, I went back and forth and I finally decided to backtrack. Just, you know, go the safest route 
go back 45 minutes to San Luis Airport, um, get a new vehicle, and from there, everything was smooth sailing. So, uh, yeah, it's you know kind of fun when those challenging things happen, and then you rise to the challenge, and you realize, well, I'm, I'm stronger than I was before because now I know how to tackle that in case I'm ever truly stranded somewhere where... You know, it's because where I got stranded was at the school that I was speaking at. Thankfully, it wasn't out on the highway, somewhere in some desolate place. And there is some desolate places uh, between Paso Robles, Robles and San Jose. Um, so it could have been way worse. So anyway, thankful uh, that it is what it was. Uh, okay, so, you know, um, by the way, just let you know, I, I'm planning on having more guests on the podcast. I've got a list going. I've got like a dozen people right now, local people who I can do in person. I'm trying to decide where the best place would be to do this in person. You know, I did it with Mark Mayfield in my hotel room. Um, that was a great place to record. And uh, my daughter re- recommended like, hey, libraries, you can rent little rooms out. There's also private rooms and coffee shops. I don't want to really do it here at home. It just feels like there's not enough space. And I just want a more lively environment for the interviews. So that's to come. That's that's going to happen. We're just got to figure that out. And uh, if I have the best microphone set up for that right now, I'm not sure. So that's coming. Uh, okay, I'm going to get into the random segment here. I was, yeah, I, I like to try to change up my look a little bit when I record these podcasts because as we put clips out there on social media, and if you see just like a still shot of me and I'm wearing like the same shirt every time, it's like, when's he going to put out a new clip? So I try to vary up shirts. Well, I was like, oh, I'll wear this shirt. Well, then I realized it's like almost all of my shirts are blue with a collar. <laughs> I have all these blue collared shirts. I don't know how that happened, um, but my closet is full of them. So I need to like expand my horizons a little bit. I need to like pop some red in here or some purple or some pink or just something that's just like, whoa, new clip. Um, so random fact, uh, do, do we all do that? Do we all tend to buy like the same style and same color of clothes? Just curious if you find yourself doing that. Um, comment. Uh, let me know. Um, I'll tell you, oh, and speaking of like, just kind of like, you know, the looking, like I, I like to watch the podcast. I like to listen to them for improvement purposes. And uh, one thing I do a lot is I smack my lips a lot. And I'm not at the point right now where I want to go through and edit out every smack. And I don't even want to ask someone else to edit out every lip smack. So I decided that, you know, when I when I um, speak on stage, one of the best tools for learning for improvement is to watch myself. I heard a speaker say one time, if you expect people to sit for an hour and watch you, the least you can do for them is to watch yourself every time to improve for the next time. So I am in the habit of of doing that and of watching myself. And when I watch this podcast or listen, a lot of lip smacks, I'm going to try to be better about that and just make that a thing to where I don't have to like be like, well, we'll need to start editing now. Lip smacks. All right. Okay. <clears throat> A little cough off the mic there. Um, here we go. Trivial complaint. This happened recently. I, I was in a city. Uh, no, no reason to name the city. Doesn't matter. Um, my trivial complaint is some views in hotel rooms. Right? Wow. I mean, you get everything from you know you get an ocean view. Some some visits. Some visits you get like a view of um, you know, a, a parking lot with a random shady looking field behind it. Like, what's out there? Who's coming for me? Uh, and, then, and then sometimes you get, which is what I got the other day, a concrete wall. Just a concrete wall right outside. It was almost like there was a, 
like a like a patio, a deck, but it was not meant to go out there. It was like I think a walkway. So and it was just a uh, about a six foot high, seven foot high wall, maybe like a looked like a retention wall of some kind, if if that's what it was. And that's my view. And I'm looking out there like there's no reason to even open the curtains now. It's kind of just a depressing look, right? So that's my trivial complaint. Um, and then I think about, okay, again, why do I give these trivial complaints to remember to zoom out and think about what are the blessings? You know, here I am in a hotel room. Sometimes I'll go out and I'll walk down to get a coffee in the morning and there's people out sleeping on the sidewalks, people who don't even have a real pillow, a place to put their head, a place to take a shower. And here I am upset about the view from my comfortable hotel room. So Whenever you have a complaint, remember, zoom out, count your blessings. Okay, what's today's confession of a motivational speaker? Well, it's this. I sing in the shower. Boy, that was embarrassing. <laughs> no, that one wasn't too bad. I mean, don't, don't most people. Don't we all pretty much sing in the shower? Now, I will belt it out, baby. I I'm sometimes get a little paranoid about, are there any guests over? Like after I got in the shower, did like a neighbor come in the house or something and they're hearing me because I know they've, my family has told me, yeah, we hear like every word in there that you're singing because I will belt it out. There's, there's the song from Les, Les Miserables, Les Miserables, speaking of not being able to pronounce things. And uh, it's like red, the blood of angry men, black, the dark of ages past. I Love that song, and I belt it out like I don't care whether or not I'm going to lose my voice. So I like to sing in the shower. Now, when I was a kid, I envisioned myself as like an 80s pop star, where I loved the song. A couple songs I would regularly sing in the shower, Lean On Me, the pop version by Club Nuvo or Novo. <laughs> I don't know how to say anything. And then uh, the song by Donny Osmond called Soldier of Love. Uh, we had uh, like I think singles of both of those songs, and I would just belt it out. And in my mind, I would just picture me being on a stage, having fans just reaching for me. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. Even back then, like the ego, the pride, the desire for fame and respect and notoriety were like, you know, like I just wanted that, right? Um, sometimes I still fight those urges today. Excuse me. <clears throat> With like, uh, I you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to be more famous, more not not that I'm famous, but I want to be famous. I want to be like respected by so many people. I want my social media to be huge. And then I realize, you know, I don't want to be famous. Sometimes I think I do. I think being famous would be fun for about 30 seconds. And then not being able to go anywhere without people taking pictures, asking for selfies all over you, you know, requesting autographs constantly. It, it's just not a normal life. I mean, a life where you can just kind of exist peacefully. You know, you have to always be thinking about, okay, how can I be on my guard? So uh, anyway, I sing in the shower. <laughs> how did that? I think that's, that's the deeper confession because it's not just the fact that I sing in the shower. It's sort of like the heart and the mentality behind it and the why that I do it that makes it feel more like a confession. So, and again, why do I make these confessions? To help you feel more normal, to help you realize, oh, you know, all of us are, are weird and odd and we have our quirks and imperfections, but, you know, we're, we're, it's a lifelong process to grow into the person that we're really meant to be and something greater is always possible, right? And this is the Possibility Mindset Podcast. So what else is possible for you, for your life, for your thoughts, 
um, having peace about who you are and where you're going and how you can live out your deeper passion so you can have your greatest impact. So, all right, there it is. Singing in the shower. Well, I, I, it makes me wonder, excuse me, I need a drink, <coughs> why other people do it. I think, you know, we sound really good in the shower because the acoustics in there are incredible. Wow, okay. I actually had to uh, pause the, the recording for a minute. I was like having a coughing spell. That like never happens. It, it Thankfully, doesn't ever happen on stage. I have always have a bottled water close just in case, but that was strange and unexplainable. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was going on there. So anyway, I'm back. <laughs> like I don't like to edit out things, but that needed to be edited out for sure. So we will take care of that. Oh boy. Okay, singing in the shower. Let me know why do you do it. You know the acoustics are great. You sound awesome. We all think we're amazing singers, but uh, okay. <clears throat> Time for a little girl talk. These ones have I've been doing pretty well on social media. My shout out to my social media person, Stevie. She's been putting some of these clips on there. And uh, people just love hearing what kids have to say. So here we go. Today's girl talk. This is verbatim from the mouth of babes. Here we go. Age five. We have a new lunchbox in the house. (laughs) Also age five, same kid. Dad, I wonder what it's like being a dog. Don't we all? Um, We were at a hotel one time. Same kid. This kid was like on a roll last Time and this time. So she's five. The age of five is such a sweet spot. She said, uh, I can't believe someone made, I can't believe someone made donuts and muffins. (laughs) And then later we went outside with that and the three-year-old said, let's hold them so the birds don't eat it. Oh, it's the little nuances that make it so funny. And then uh, the five-year-old said, walking with a grown-up is such fun. All right, and then the three-year-old, again, I guess we were... Yeah, we, we went to the park that day at the hotel. We kind of went, left, went to a park. The three-year-old said, Eve is going to hit me and make me bleed. Can you say her no? All right, get it. This is cool. Eva's middle name is Israel. And so I was like, hey, Eva Israel. And she said, I am real. Man, that's good. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Eva said, hey, wait for me. I want to sit on your tummy birthday, boy. I guess they were jumping on me. So, okay. Uh, Eva. I'm just going to keep saying Eva. Yeah, I was five years old. I was just checking on my shoes. And I'm going to end with this one today because I don't think I'm going to be able to top it. Daddy, from far away, your nipples look chubby. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend myself and be like, oh, it's just your eyes. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if I was wearing a shirt or what was going on. I don't know how to come out of that. Okay. Anyway, that's a girl talk today. <laughs> All right. Um, so I got a fun comment here from a friend of mine named, well, I, you know, I'm not going to say his name because it was a private message. Um, if it was public, I, I'd say it. But anyway, he just said, hey, Devin, I love hearing your podcast. Even though I've known you for a while, I didn't know so many details about your career. And that is fun, right? When when you feel like you know someone pretty well and then they start talking and you don't know what's going to come out and all of a sudden, oh, I'm you're learning all these fun new things about your friend. So, thanks for the thanks for the um private message PM. Yeah, DM, direct message, pri- <clears throat> private message. All right. Struggling today with just getting it out. It's just a lot of traveling, trying to catch up. Um, thanks for bearing with me, y'all. Okay, <clears throat> a couple of the keynotes. Uh, excuse me, comments. 
Your keynote was encouraging, engaging, and meaningful for life and work. I will be writing down in my journal a lot of these mantras. There wasn't too much content. Me, <laughs> there wasn't too, not like there wasn't much content. There wasn't too much content because one of the questions is about, hey, is there too much thrown at you? <laughs> so I want to clear that up. There wasn't too much content. It flowed well. The length was spot on. Thank you. Great work. Awesome. Someone else said in the question that said anything to improve, it said nothing at all. It was great. I am just not hugely into motivational speaking. This was really good though. <laughs> you know, I like to include uh, anything that might be like perceived as negative, where I, I actually took this as a compliment. They're kind of like, yeah, this is great. Not really into that thing, motivational speaking, which I don't get many comments like that at all. But the fact that even though they're not into it, this was really good though, is kind of like, maybe I'm going to turn this person around. They're going to be like, you know what? Maybe I am into motivational speaking now. And maybe they're going to hear a message that's going to change their life someday. Maybe the one they just heard. Uh, maybe they're going to take a mantra and apply it uh, because you help them see something in a more positive light. So it's fun to think that we can turn people around sometimes and maybe change their mind. I'm not saying that is definitely happening here, but uh, what else is possible? You know, it'd be cool. Okay, two more comments. An inspiration to teaching and applicable to students as well, which is fun because one of the school districts I recently did, I spoke to the teachers and the support staff, uh, and I'm going back in a few weeks to speak to the high school students. And so, yes, I agree. It is a message that is applicable to students as well. So that's fun. Okay, last one. Best opener for a school year we have ever had, 31 years. Yes, best one ever, 31 years. That's, that's awesome. Someone's been teaching there that long and said this was the best opener. Um, that, that just feels good. Those are the kind of experiences that you put in your back pocket on a day where you're feeling like, am I really making a big impact? And you say, that's so cool. Someone thought of that. So thank you so much for those comments. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to move into the uh, main event now, all right? Uh, I don't expect this to be too long because there's not a whole lot to it, uh, but it's about one of my daughters, Cambry, who is 11 years old. I'm so proud of Cambry. Some cool things have happened. Uh, recently, she got the part uh, uh, in Mary Poppins. She got the part of Jane, which is the, the little girl, the Banks uh, daughter. Um, so awesome that she landed that audition. And this was one of those where she really wanted that specific part, right? So the the... The company they're they're doing the play with, um, Greenleaf is the name of the company. They're doing a production of Mary Poppins Jr. later this year. So she auditioned and had to wait two days to hear back and finally heard back that she got the part of Jane. And I we were so excited. It was one of those like, oh my goodness, like you got the part you wanted. How awesome is that? And um, so apparently she nailed her audition. They thought she was perfect for the part. And I said, how'd you do it? Right? I said, I, I want to talk about that. I want to give you a shout out on the podcast but you know, this is all about the possibility mindset. And you obviously were thinking, what else is possible? Like, what if I audition for this play? What if I get the part of Jane? What, what's possible? Well, I said, how did you achieve that seemingly impossible goal? Because at times, it did feel impossible. She'd say, like, I just don't think there's any way they're going to pick me. And she basically said, well, <clears throat> a lot of hard work. And she did. She was really rehearsing the song. She had to sing a section of Super califragilistic expialidocious. I can say that. I can't say Paso Robles, Paso Robles. Um, but anyway, she uh, really um, you know, just worked on using her chest voice instead of her head voice, really belting it out, you know, just like dad does in the shower. So, so she she prepared, she worked hard. So to me, it's like without using the words, like she's thinking personal responsibility. 
you know, she said it was, I knew it was up to me. That's, that's sometimes we don't want to act like, oh, it's, it's up to us. Let's, you know, let's have someone else take the responsibility so that they could take the blame in case things don't go wrong. So I love that she knew that. She said she uh, was very intentional and thoughtful about prayer through this whole thing and realized if it, if it didn't happen, if she didn't get the part, it, it was meant to be that there'd be a greater plan. And also if she didn't get the part that she would need to maybe uh, adjust her attitude it, when she found out that news, like, okay, it's time to focus on, you know, um, th- she didn't say this, but maybe like, how would she adjust her attitude? Well, I would say things like being thankful that maybe you're in the play that all, at all, maybe being thankful that you have a voice so that you can sing, thankful that there's possible other future opportunities because something greater is always possible. So um, yeah, a lot of tools to help your attitude, right? Um, gratitude helps attitude. So I love that she faced her fear of failure because, I mean, that's, you know, I know about auditioning and failing. And so I love the fact that she, she did that. And, you know, the, there is a fear of failure there for her because the last place she was in, she did not get uh, the part she wanted at all. It was a very minor part and she felt like did not really necessarily was not a good fit for her. And uh, so this was like, oh, she came back, you know, bounced back stronger than ever. She prepared. She worked hard. It's like I tell people in my keynote, you know, we talk about setting a seemingly impossible goal and taking steps to achieve that goal. And the first thing you have to do is have a vision, right? And then share that vision with others. And that's what she did. Like she had this vision. She wanted a specific part. She wanted to be Jane. She told her friends. Uh, She told her family about it. And no one has to tell a kid, hey, have a vision and share it. It's like they just do it, you know? Um, and it's so funny. Adults, we just lose that. Like we lose creating a vision for ourselves, and then we don't share it because of like, I don't know, just um, failures from the past. We let that keep us back from, from moving forward. So I just love that a kid, they just have such a fresh take on life. Let's have a vision. Let's tell people about it. Let's get excited about it. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. We'll pick up the ball and move on. So um Props to Cambry. Just want to give her a shout out and congratulations on leading that. So the reason I wanted to tell that about Cambry also is because this next part is about her. The, the main event I wanted to talk about leading others with grace. Uh, a quote first to start this section about what it means to be a leader who exercises grace in leading others. The, the quote is, before you criticize people, walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. (laughs) Love that. That's great. Uh, Now, my dad, a more serious quote, he used to always say, you know, uh, it's not effective to lead people using fear. My dad worked for Sears and Roebuck for 42 and a half years and, you know, always had a boss and had good bosses, had not so good bosses. And he just said that the huge difference between the good ones and the bad ones were the people who led uh, with fear and then the people who led with grace. It's a huge difference. So this is this is what it looked like giving grace to Cambry. And this is just a brief story. I hope that this encourages you again to be thinking about how can you be more graceful in everything you do. So what happened was um, the last play that, that Cambry was in with her sister, Charlotte, um, I dropped them off, right? And I was, oh, by the way, I was in the play too. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet on the podcast. They needed an adult for one of the, to be a doctor. And they were like, will you do it, Devin? I was like, I don't know. Of course I will. So anyway, I was in the play. So we were at the first day of the production, right? And uh, we showed up. Well, it turns out Cambry forgot her bag. 
And it wasn't like a, a bag that she absolutely needed. It wasn't like it had like her script or props or anything she absolutely needed for the play. It was more like kind of like snacks, journals, books, water bottles, something she could have gotten like like something she could have done without. <clears throat> well, the uh, the venue that where we were doing the play was about a fifteen minute drive from there, and and of course I was going to stay there because I was in the play, so I was like there to stay. So then I had a decision to make. You know, am I going to drive back and get her bag for her? Or am I just going to be like, sweetheart, this is a good chance for a life lesson. Um, you need to remember things and, you know, check things over before you leave a little better, before you go. And and that's that's one route. I remember when I was a kid, um, my friend Matt, we were both into magic. And his mom was driving us to the magic shop. And we both had specific tricks we had, were picking out. Uh, to buy. And so I had my money with me. And on the way, it somehow came up that he forgot his money. And so we're like halfway there. So his mom's like, well, Matt, you can't buy anything today. You forgot your money. And of course, it was like, what? Come on, mom. But we, she went ahead and drove us because like I was, we were already en route, you know? So, I mean, I didn't think about being like, you know what? Never mind. Let's abort mission. Because I, I was like, you know, 11 or whatever. So I'm just like, oh, that's awkward. So I went out there, bought my stuff. He didn't get to buy his stuff. Did his mom do the best thing? Maybe. I don't, I'm not saying there's like one solution here, okay? So I'm not saying every parent needs to always give their kid grace in every single situation and never take something as a life teaching moment. That, that's not what I'm trying to say, okay? I'm just saying that I rem, that stands out to me that that's one paradigm. That's something that parents can do. Be like, hey, another chance for a lesson here. Well, what I did with Camry is I decided to go back and get her bag for her and bring it back. Because I had the time since I had such a minor role to actually go back and do that where she, she needed to stay and start getting ready for the play, right? So I drove back, I came home and I, I called my wife on the way. I was like, hey, can you make sure you know where that bag is so I can find it when I come home? And she found it. And we, we had a conversation about this, about how do you handle this? And this isn't just true for kids. This is true for life, right? I mean, no matter how old of kids you might have, or when you're a leader, manager, boss, CEO, whatever kind of organization or group that you have a leadership role with. My wife and I were talking about, you know, do you tell a person, hey, learn your lesson, don't do this next time? Or do you say, what can I do to go above and beyond to serve you in this moment? What's really going to help them more? Like, what's going to develop their character? Because in one train of thought, it's like, well, if I don't go get her the bag, then she'll remember better next time not to do it. But then there's the train of thought of, if I go give her grace in this situation and get her bag and bring it back, maybe, maybe she'll remember that more. And maybe that will even will, will be, have a double impact. Maybe it'll make her like remember the bag next time because remember how you know graceful dad was by going home and getting my bag. Also can teach her how to be graceful with other people. Because how we treat people is how they're going to treat people, right? So when I, when I see my kids doing something like, like exercising a behavior that's less than desirable, I'm not like, what's wrong with them? I'm like, well, what did I do? You know, is there, is there things I've been doing that have made them behave that way? How can I fix me better to help them become a better person, right? So, so my wife and I just decided life is going to throw enough lessons at your kids. And that's true for anyone you lead. You don't need to be constantly looking for opportunities to teach people. There's going to be plenty of times where Cambria is going to forget her bag and there's going to be no one to bring it to her. But until that time, since I'm her dad and I'm the person who can exercise and demonstrate grace to her, I'm going to do it. Okay. Because those times I feel like are way less um, available to us 
but also so much more impactful. So that's what I did in that moment. And I feel like it does it just bond you to people more. It lets them really know you're there to serve them. You're not just there to crack the whip and be a lesson giver. Life is the lesson giver. The lessons will come. It is our job to give grace. That's, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about a boss. Uh, as a parent, as a husband, we just have to give so much grace all the time. People need it. We're, we're all trying to get it right out here. Um, we can't. No one's perfect. So... There you go. Uh, and the last thing I'll say too is like, you know, it's we sometimes we just hold kids and other people to such a higher standard than we hold ourselves to, right? It's like that kid should remember that bag, but then like I forget something, and I'm like, well, that's okay. I'll just go back and get it. It's like, okay, hold on, <laughs> you know, um, let's not let, let's just be making sure that we're um, that we're not being uh, a hypocrite here. That we really like if we're calling someone to something higher, that we're calling ourselves to that higher form of behavior too. So, okay, awesome. This is this is great. So, just the message here, just think about how how you can lead other people with grace more often. I do believe it's it's possible. I think greater things are possible when you exercise grace. Um, grace ultimately meaning giving someone something that they they don't deserve, you know, like you could say I didn't Camry doesn't deserve someone to go get the bag for her. So in that situation, that's how grace works. Just be forgiving, be understanding, and treat people with gentleness and kindness in the way that you would want them um, to respond to other people when they're faced with a similar situation and decision. So, all right, there it is. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, this has been fun. I'll see you next time. And remember, something greater is always possible for you.